Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same top menu, there is also a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're concluding with a reading in Chapter 27, Body in the Dream, with Section 9, the, he- the quote-unquote hero of the dream. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day, which today is Lesson 293. All fear is past, and only love is here. Well, again, get my morning treat. Lori, (laughs) get my morning treat. Laurie, do you have one of your wonderful noetic openings for this call? I do, Lemoyne. <laughs> and this is one that just uh, sprang instantly to my mind in response to today's lesson because the lesson contains the line, nor let my ears be deaf to all the hymns of gratitude. The world is singing underneath the sounds of fear. In light of those hymns of gratitude, Uh, This poem from from Rainier Maria Rilke is utterly perfect. I believe in all that has never yet been spoken. I want to free what waits within me so that what no one has dared to wish for may for once spring clear without my contriving. If this be arrogant, God forgive me, but this is what I need to say. May what I do flow from me like a river, no forcing and no holding back the way it is with children. Then in these swelling and ebbing currents, these deepening tides moving out, returning, I will sing you as no one ever has, streaming through widening channels into the open sea. All fear is past, only love is here. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lori. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Just beautiful. Thank you, Lori. Not me, you guys. I just love the way poets can put words to truth. 
It's a real privilege to bring them. Thank you for the gift. Well, thank you, Lori. And uh, see, here's the here's what I have this morning. I have with us in reading. I have uh, Lori, Jennifer, Robin, Marie, Fran, Jessica, and Karen. And with us in listening, I have. Kristen and Judy. Is there anyone else who's joined the call would like to just say good morning or join the reading list? Morning, it's Sandra. I can read. Good morning. Did you mention my name for reading? I didn't. I don't think I heard it. I did I not. You are. You're correct. You have to Karen. <laughs> Okie doke. Thank you. And. Thank you, Lana. And longer uh, after that. Uh, this is Robin Reed to join listening. All right, welcome, Robin Reed. Mm-hmm. Thank you. There we go. Okay, then I'll get us started with uh, chapter 27, uh, section section 9. 27, the body in the dream. 9, the quote-unquote hero of the dream. The body is the central figure in the dreaming of the world. There is no dream without it, nor does it exist without the dream, in which it acts as if it were a person to be seen and be believed. It takes the central place in every dream, which tells the story of how it was made by other bodies born into the world outside the body, lives a little while, and dies to be united in the dust, with other bodies dying like itself. In the brief time allotted it to live, it seeks for other bodies as its friends and enemies. Its safety is its main concern. Its comfort is its guiding rule. It tries to look for pleasure and avoid the things that would be hurtful. Above all, It tries to teach itself its pains and joys are different and can be told apart. Lori. Chapter 27, The Body and the Dream, Section 9, The So-Called Hero of the Dream. The body is the central figure in the dreaming of the world. There is no dream without it nor does it exist without the dream, in which it acts as if it were a person to be seen and to be believed. It takes the central place in every dream, which tells the story of how it was made by other bodies, born into the world outside the body, lives a little while and dies to be united in the dust with other bodies 
dying like itself. In the brief time allotted it to live, it seeks for other bodies as its friends and enemies. Its safety becomes its main concern. Its comfort is its guiding rule. It tries to look for pleasure and avoid the things that would be hurtful. Above all, it tries to teach itself its pains and joys are different and can be told apart. The dreaming of the world takes many forms because the body seeks in many ways to prove it is autonomous and real. It puts on itself, it puts things on itself which it has bought with little metal discs or paper strips the world proclaims as valuable and good. It works to get them, doing senseless things and tosses them away for senseless things it does not need and does not even want. It hires other bodies that they may protect it and collect more senseless things that it can call its own. It looks about for special bodies which can share its dream. Sometimes it dreams it is a conqueror of bodies weaker than itself, but in some phases of the dream it is the slave of bodies that would hurt and torture it. Thank you, Lori and Jennifer. 78. The dreaming of the world takes many forms because the body seeks in many ways to prove it is autonomous and real. It puts things on itself which it has bought with little metal discs or paper strips it will proclaim as valuable and good. It works to get them doing senseless things and tosses them away for senseless things it does not need and does not even want. It hires other bodies that they may protect it and collect more senseless things that they can call its own. It looks about for special bodies which can share its dream. Sometimes it dreams it is a conqueror of bodies weaker than itself. But in some phases of the dream, it is the slave of bodies that would hurt and torture it. 79. The body is serial adventure from the time of birth to dying is the theme of every dream the world has ever had. I think that was serial. Oh, how do you pronounce that? The body is serial. Um, okay. The quote-unquote hero of this dream will never change, nor will its purpose. Though the dream itself takes many forms and seems to show a great variety of places and events wherein its quote-unquote hero finds itself, the dream is but one purpose, taught in many ways. The single lesson does it try to teach again and still again, and yet once more, that is the cause and not the effect. And you are its effect and cannot be its cause. Pass.
Thank you, Jennifer. And Robin Murray? 79. <clears throat> the body's serial adventures from the time of birth to dying is a theme of every dream the world has ever had. The, quote, hero, unquote, of this dream will never change, nor will its purpose. Though the dream itself takes many forms and seems to show a great variety of places and events wherein its, quote, hero, unquote, finds itself, the dream has but one purpose taught in many ways. This single lesson does it try to teach again and still again, and yet once more, that it is cause and not effect, and you are its effect and cannot be its cause. 80. Thus are you not the dreamer, but the dream, and so you wander idly in and out of places and events, which it contrives, that this is all the body does is true, for it is but a figure in a dream. But who reacts to figures in a dream unless he sees them as if they were real? The instant that he sees them as they are, they have no more effect on him because he understands he gave them their effects by causing them and making them seem real. Thank you, Robin Murray. And Fran, would you pick up with a single lesson and read 80 and 81? Sure. 80. Thus are you not the dreamer but the dream. And so you wander idly in and out of places and events which it contrives. That this is all the body does is true. For it is but a figure in a dream. But who reacts to figures in a dream unless he sees them as if they were real. The instant that he sees them as they are, they have no more effects on him because he understands he gave them their effects by causing them and making them seem real. 81. <clears throat> How willing are you to escape effects of all the dreams the world has ever made? Is it your wish to let no dream appear to be the cause of what it is you do? Then let us merely look upon the dream's beginning, for the part you see is but the second part, whose cause lies in the first. No one asleep and dreaming in the world remembers his attack upon himself. No one believes there really was a time when he knew nothing of a body and could never have conceived this world as real. He would have seen at once that these ideas are one illusion, too ridiculous for anything but to be laughed away. How serious they now appear to be. And no one can remember when they would have met with laughter and with disbelief. Thank you, Brian. And Jessica. Okay. I had to go out and move my car for somebody. So, um, which paragraph is it? 81 and 82. Okay, thank you. 
Um, 81. How willing are you to escape effects of all the dreams the world has ever had? Is it your wish to let no dream appear to be the cause of what it is you do? Then let us merely look upon the dream's beginning, for the part you see is but the second part, whose cause lies in the first. No one asleep and dreaming in the world remembers his attack upon himself. No one believes there really was a time when he knew nothing of a body and could never have conceived this world as real. He would have seen at once that these ideas are one illusion, too ridiculous for anything but to be laughed away. How serious they now appear to be, and no one can remember when they would have met with laughter and with disbelief. 82. We can remember this if we but look directly at their cause, and we will see the grounds for laughter, not a cause for fear. Let us return the dream he gave away unto the dreamer, who perceives the dream as separate from himself and done to him. Into eternity, where all is one, there crept a tiny mad idea at which the Son of God remembered not to laugh. In his forgetting did the thought become a serious idea and possible of both accomplishment and real effect. Together, we can laugh them both away and understand that time cannot intrude upon eternity. It is a joke to think that time can come to circumvent eternity, which means there is no time. 82. We can remember this if we but look directly at their cause. And we will see the grounds for laughter, not a cause for fear. Let us return the dream he gave away unto the dreamer who perceives the dream as separate from himself and done to him. Into eternity where all is one, there crept a tiny mad idea at which the Son of God remembered not to laugh. In his forgetting did the thought become a serious idea and possible of both accomplishment and real effects. Together we can laugh them both away and understand that time cannot achieve intrude upon eternity. It is a joke to think that time can come to circumvent eternity, which means there is no time. 83. A timelessness in which is time made real, a part of God 
which can attack itself, a separate brother as an enemy, a mind within a body, all are forms of circularity whose ending starts at its beginning, ending at its cause. The world you see depicts exactly what you think you did, except that now you think that what you did is being done to you. The guilt for what you thought is being placed outside yourself. Let me start. The guilt for what you thought is being placed outside yourself and on a guilty world which dreams your dreams and thinks your thoughts instead of you. It brings its vengeance, not your own. It keeps you narrowly confined within a body, which it punishes because of all the sinful things the body does within its dream. You have no power to make the body stop its evil deeds because you did not make it and cannot control its actions or its purpose, or its fate. Thank you, Karen. And Lana. Okay. 83. A timelessness in which is time made real, a part of God, which can attack itself. A separate brother as an enemy, a mind within a body. All are forms of circularity whose ending starts at its beginning, ending at its cause. The world you see depicts exactly what you thought you did, except that now you think that what you did is being done to you. The guilt for what you thought is being, I'm sorry, the guilt for what you thought is being placed outside yourself and on a guilty world which dreams your dreams and thinks your thoughts instead of you. It brings its vengeance, not your own. It keeps you narrowly confined within a body, which it punishes because of all the sinful things the body does within its dream. You have no power to make the body stop its evil deeds because you did not make it and cannot control its actions or its purpose or its fate. The world but demonstrates an ancient truth. You will believe that others do to you exactly what you think you did to them. But once deluded, <laughs> but once deluded into blaming them, you will not see the cause of what they do because you want the guilt to rest on them. How child how childish is this petulant device to keep your innocence by punish by pushing guilt outside yourself but never letting go? 
It is not easy to perceive the death when all around you do your eyes behold its heavy consequences. But without their trifling, but without their trifling cause, without the cause, do its effects seem serious and sad indeed. Yet they but follow. I'm sorry, I have to go on to the next. My computer makes me go. Hold on a second. Sorry. I usually do this before I start reading. Okay. Okay, that was 84, right? Yep. Okay. Let me just pick up here. How childish is this petulant device? to keep your innocence by pushing guilt outside yourself, but never letting go. It is not easy to perceive the jest when all around you do your eyes behold its heavy consequences, but without their trifling cause. Without the cause do its effects seem, effects seem serious and sad indeed, yet they but follow, and it is their cause which follows nothing and is but a jest. Thank you, Lana. And a thunderer. 84. The world but demonstrates an ancient truth. You will believe that others do you exactly that others do to you exactly what you think you did to them. But once deluded into blaming them, you will not see the cause of what they do because you want the guilt to rest on them. How childish is this petulant device to keep your innocence by pushing guilt outside yourself but never letting go? It is not easy to perceive the jest when all around you do your eyes behold its heavy consequences, but without their trifling cause. Without the cause do its effects seem serious and sad indeed, yet they but follow. And it is their cause which follows nothing and is but a jest. 85. In gentle laughter does the Holy Spirit perceive the cause and looks not to effects. How else could he correct your error, who has overlooked the cause entirely? He bids you bring each terrible effect to him, that you may look together on its foolish cause and laugh with him a while. You judge effects, but he has judged their cause and by his judgment are effects removed. Perhaps you come in tears, but hear him say, My brother, holy son of God, behold your idle dream in which this could occur, and you will leave the holy instant with your laughter and your brothers joined with his.
think you're on mute, Lemoyne. Thank you. And is there a new reader for 85 and 6? It's Jude. I can do it, Lemoyne. Okay. Just go ahead. Laugh. Laugh, laugh, laugh. In gentle laughter does the Holy Spirit perceive the cause and looks not to effects. How else could he correct your error who have overlooked the cause entirely? He bids you bring each terrible effect to him that you may look together on its foolish cause and laugh with him a while. You judge effects, but he has judged their cause, and by his capital judgment are effects removed. Perhaps you come in tears, but hear him say, quote, My brother, holy son of God, behold your idle dream in which this could occur, and you will leave the holy instant with your laughter and your brother's joined with his. The secret of salvation is but this, that you are doing this unto yourself, no matter what the form of the attack. This is still true. Whoever takes the role of enemy and of attacker, still this is, still is this the truth. Whatever seems to be the cause of any pain and suffering you feel, this is still true. For you would not react at all to figures in a dream if you knew that you were dreaming. Let them be as hateful and as vicious as they may. They could have no effect on you unless you fail to recognize. It is your dream. This single lesson learned will set you free from suffering, whatever form it takes. Amen. Thank you, Judy. And is there another new reader for 86, 87, 88? Another new reader? Eighty-six through eighty-eight. Okay then. Um. Back to you, Lori. Ready. The secret of salvation is but this, that you are doing this unto yourself. No matter what the form of the attack, this still is true. Whoever takes the role of enemy and of attacker, still is this the truth. Whatever seems to be the cause of any pain and suffering you feel, this is still true. For you would not react at all to figures in a dream you knew that you were dreaming. Let them be as hateful and as vicious as they may. They could have no effect on you unless you failed to recognize it is 
your dream. The single, this single lesson learned will set you free from suffering whatever form it takes. The Holy Spirit will repeat this one inclusive lesson of deliverance until it has been learned, regardless of the form of suffering that brings you pain. Whatever hurt you bring to him, he will make answer with this very simple truth. For this one answer takes away the cause of every form of sorrow and pain. The form affects his answer not at all. For he would teach you but the single cause of all of them, no matter what their form. And you will understand that miracles reflect this simple statement. I have done this thing, and it is this that I would undo. Mm. I can't help it. May I please read the next sentence? Bring them all form. Bring them all forms of suffering to him who knows that everyone is like the rest. Now I'm complete. Thank you. Well, yes, you may. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, and I'm sorry, I lost my earpiece there for a second. Is there a new reader who would like to read 87, 88, and 89? Okay. Um, Jennifer, 87 through 89. Okay, 87. The Holy Spirit will repeat this one inclusive lesson of deliverance until it has been learned, regardless of the form of suffering that brings you pain. Whatever hurt you bring to him, he will make answer with this very simple truth. For this one answer takes away the cause of every form of sorrow and of pain. The form affects his answer, not at all. For he would teach you what the single cause of all of them, no matter what their form, and you will understand that miracles reflect the simple, um, and you will understand that miracles reflect the simple statement, comma, <clears throat> 88. I have done this thing, and it is this I would undo, period. Yay, 89. Bring then all forms of suffering to him who knows that everyone is like the rest. He, he sees no differences where none exist. And he will teach you how each one is caused. None has a different cause from all the rest. And all of them are easily undone by but a single lesson truly learned. Salvation is a secret you have kept but from yourself. The universe proclaims itself, yet to its witnesses you pay no heed at all. <clears throat> For they attest the thing you do not want to know. They seem to keep it secret from you, 
that you need but learn. You choose but not to listen, not to see. How differently will you perceive the world when this is recognized? (laughs) When you forgive the world your guilt, when you forgive the world your guilt, you will be free of it. Its innocence does not demand your guilt, nor does your guiltlessness rest on its strength. Thank you, Jennifer. And uh, Robin Marie, would you read some small piece of 87? I don't know. You will understand. Uh, On to 88 and 89. Okay. And... Uh, You will understand that miracles reflect the simple statement, I have done this thing, and it is this I would undo. Bring then all forms of suffering to him who knows that everyone is like rest. He sees no differences where none exist, and he will teach you how each one is caused. None has a different cause from all the rest, and all of them are easily undone, by but a single lesson truly learned. Salvation is a secret you have kept, but from yourself. The universe proclaims it so. Yet to its witnesses you pay no heed at all, for, it, for they attest the thing you do not want to know. They seem to keep it secret from you. Yet you need but learn, you choose but not to listen, not to see, how differently Will you perceive the world when this is recognized? When you forgive the world your guilt, you will be free of it. Its innocence does not demand your guilt, nor does your guiltlessness rest on its sins. This is the obvious, a secret kept from no one but yourself, and it is this that has maintained you separate from the world and kept your brother separate from Did we lose her? I think we did. Yep. Yeah, sounds like it. Right there in 90, which I didn't ask her to read, but I meant to. <laughs> okay. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, yes, I can hear you now. Okay, sorry. Um, for some reason, my phone got dropped, so... I'll okay, would you just read, read, um, read the flash one? Read well, do you want to go ahead? Because now I I have I don't have my uh, I don't let's see how do I do that? I don't have my speaker up, so go ahead with somebody else, okay, Lemoyne? Well, you're coming through fine. I am but okay. This, yeah. <laughs> this is the obvious: okay. a secret kept from no one but yourself, and it is this that has maintained maintained you separate from the world and kept your brother separate from you. Now need you but to learn that both of you are innocent or guilty. The one thing that is impossible is that you be unlike each other, that they both be true. 
This is the only secret yet to learn, and it will be no secret. You are healed. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Robin Murray. And friend, would you conclude with 90? 90. This is the obvious. A secret kept from no one but yourself. And it is this that has maintained you separate from the world and kept your brother separate from you. Now need you but to learn that both of you are innocent or guilty. The one thing that is impossible is that you be unlike each other, that they both be true. This is the only secret yet to learn, and it will be no secret you are healed. All right, thank you, friend. And, uh, yeah, um, I think we'll just uh, hand it right back to you, friend, and lead us in the thought for the day and the lesson. Would Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and the theme we're on is What is the Real World? And today's lesson is Lesson 293. All fear is past. And only love is here. So I shall read some from What is the World and the, the Real World, and then we'll go to our lesson and do our five-minute meditation. The real world holds a counterpart for each unhappy thought reflected in your world, a sure correction for the sights of fear and sounds of battle which your world contains. The real world shows the world seen differently through quiet eyes, and with a mind at peace. Nothing but rest is there. There are no cries of pain and sorrow heard, for nothing here remains outside forgiveness, and the sights are gentle. Only happy sights and sounds can reach the mind that has forgiven itself. What need has such a mind for thoughts of death, attack, and murder? What can it perceive surrounding it but safety, love, and joy? What is there it would choose to be condemned? And what is there that it would judge against? The world it sees arises from a mind at peace within itself. No danger lurks in anything it sees. For it is kind, and only kindness does it look upon. And we'll go to the lesson. Lesson 293. All fear is past. And only love is here. All fear is past because its source is gone and all its thoughts gone with it. Love remains the only present state whose source is here forever and forever. Can the world seem bright and clear and safe and welcoming with all my past mistakes oppressing it and showing me distorted forms of pain? Yet in the present, Love is obvious and its effects apparent. All the world shines in reflection of its holy light, and I perceive a world forgiven at last. Father, let not your holy world escape my sight today, nor let my ears be deaf to all the hymns of gratitude the world is singing underneath the sounds of fear. There is a real world which the present holds safe from all past mistakes. And I would see only this world before my eyes today. 
Lesson 293, All Fear is Past and Only Love is Here. Five minutes.
Lesson 293, all fear is past, and only love is here. Amen. Amen. Thank you, friend. Thank you, friend. Thank you, guys. Good morning. The way he tells us, whoops, I just have one thing to say. I love the way he tells us in this first line that all fear is past because its source is gone. And that just makes so much sense to me. And all its thoughts gone with it. Go ahead. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Fran. Thanks, Fran. Good morning. It's Karen, and I wanted to jump in because I didn't want to lose it. Um. I dreamt, I dreamt that I was a body and I did bad things and I deserved to be punished and I was afraid that I was going to get punished but I wanted to get rid of my guilt so I projected it on everything outside me and made believe that the world caused it, that the world caused my dream The world caused me to be bad. The world caused me to be guilty. And the world was guilty. I wasn't guilty. The world was guilty. And all of that established my fear. And fear is the foundation for the ego's belief system. The fear is past. Because today's reading, the Holy Spirit tells us, it was a dream that I am not an effect of the world. The world did not cause the situation that my body's eyes perceive, and the world did not create my body, and my body did not create me. The body is not the cause of me. Today's reading tells me that I am the cause of my dream, that my dream isn't real, And my dream can be undone because the truth is that I'm love, that I am an an extension of love. The past is gone and only love is here. All I need to do is wake up and recognize the dream. I need to say this is a dream. No matter how vicious and ugly it is, the Course is telling me this is a dream. Um, I used to do Amish tour every summer, and as an example, um, someone would come up to me at the end of the program, and it would be like, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning, and we'd been going since the day before. Why do we been awake from doing Seva and working from the day before? And they would say, oh, can I have a ride home? I live in New Jersey, and someone would say, oh, I live in New Jersey. Can you give me a ride home? And, you know, in the spirit of being a divine soul, I would say yes. And they would put their suitcase in my car and then they would say, I have to just say goodbye to my friend. (laughs) I have to tell my friend I'm leaving with you. And they would vanish. And I would be sitting in the car waiting for an hour. But because I had just come off the tour, been in the presence of a Mahatma, I would say, this is a Leela. This is a dream. 
this isn't real. I'm not going to get upset about it because it's not real. This is a test. This is just a test. And I would be calm and I would not believe in time. I would step into timelessness. And it would just be an opportunity to step out of the whole ego reality. And eventually the person would come back and there would be more Leela's for the rest of the you know, time that they wouldn't remember how to get to their house because they don't drive, you know, and, it go, and on and on and on it would go. But it was possible in that moment to step out of the dream because we were in such an altered state of reality as it was, you know, that I didn't get hooked. And I think what the lesson is saying and what the course the teaching of the course, the hero of the dream. I'm just having this dream. My job is to step out of my dream. That's what my job is. I'm not the body. I am not a victim of the world I see. Beyond this world is the world I want. I want to be free of all my dreams and my illusions. I have to keep turning it over to the Holy Spirit. I'm complete. Good job, Karen. Hooray. That was beautiful, Karen. That was just super, beautiful. Karen. Yep, super. Good morning, it's Lana. Um, I loved what you shared, Karen. You know, and, and that's the recipe for peace. You know, just keep turning it over to the Holy Spirit. There's nothing else to do here. You know, and, and when I think about that tiny mad idea, I I remember that um, I can't be in two thought systems at the same time. You know, when I'm in spirit, I'm oblivious to the often? ego. I'm sorry. Okay, I'll just continue. Um. And, and when I'm in ego, I'm oblivious to everything of truth. You know, it's just, um, that's just the way it is, you know. I'm either choosing love or I'm being a victim of fear. So when I remembered not to laugh and took it as a serious idea and believed it was real, when I remembered not to laugh, I forgot everything of truth um and it was just an innocent um occurrence it wasn't it had no malicious intent you know i didn't scheme and you know it, uh, jesus tells me a lot that the nature of spirit is very childlike and if we can remember that um we were just an adolescent going on choosing to and had the idea oh wow i wonder what it was like would be like to be separate from god to have a to have an uh, an existence where i was i had autonomy you know it was like a teenager you know never thinking of the consequences just um you know jesus tells me that the spirit where the soul lives in wonderment. It just is excited and joyful about everything. So it had this idea 
Oh, wouldn't it be interesting? <laughs> wouldn't it be a fun adventure to be to be on my own for a change? You know, I I I think about that and any guilt about that crazy mad or tiny mad idea kind of falls away because I know having been a teenager and making a lot of bad decisions, <laughs> you know, then the consequences are not fun. So, you know, they, you know, it, the soul did that. And um, it forgot who it was when it did it. And and now, and it, and it uh, realized that, boy, that was a mistake. That was a mistake to make that choice. And so the um, the way out of it, you know, like Karen shared so beautifully, is um, I just have to recognize that everything I experience here as an ego is the opposite of truth. And when I remember that, <laughs> it sort of gives me a roadmap on decision-making. <laughs> what the ego would tell me to do, I'll do just the opposite. You know, when he tells me to judge, I'll just see everyone is innocent. And, you know, I had an experience um, similar to yours, Karen, when one day I was guided to um, see the innocence in everyone and everything for one day. For one day, I gave everyone and everything permission to be whatever it wanted to be. And I, I walked into that day uh, promising myself, promising God that I wouldn't judge. And so, when, so that meant um, I would let, you know, the weather be what it is. I would let traffic be what it is. I would let my boss be a grump if he wanted to be a grump. You know, um, it, was, it was just um, to go through that day and just accepting everything that is. It didn't mean I necessarily liked it, but it just meant that I wouldn't do battle with it. And at the end of the day, and this was very, very early in my um, study of the Course. It was like my first true miracle. You know, I saw at the end of the day how peaceful my day was by non-judgment. And I recognized that, wow, I had the power. I had the power to control my mind. You know, it's like I have a kingdom I must rule. And I had the power to do that simply by not through non-judgment and um, allowing peace to be my motivation for everything I did, you know, uh, Jesus tells me all the time, do what brings you peace. Because when I do what brings me peace, the world and everybody in it shows up as peaceful. You know, that, that was such a tremendous realization for me. Uh, you know, I was just flabbergasted by it, <laughs> you know, that I could decide what kind of day I wanted to have. And um, simply by, you know, doing the opposite of everything the ego told me to do. You know, so anyhow, I'm, uh, I'm complete. Thank you all for listening. <coughs> Thanks, Lana. Thank Great you, Lana.
Thank you, Lana. Thank you, Lana. And and thank you, Karen. Thank you, Lana. This is Jennifer. You are complete. <laughs> um, I wanted to share with you guys a little incident. Um, a few days ago, I have a local laundromat that I go to, and there's a lot of uh, Spanish um, uh, people there. So there's a I don't speak Spanish, so there's a there's a little um, communication, I guess, barrier, sort of. Um, but um, she was on these hand crutches, and um, I was really in a good place. Usually, I am, <laughs> especially just happy. Probably took my day off. I'm doing laundry, and um, so. Uh, I looked at her and smiled, and, and I noticed that there was some, that she might have been feeling some pain. And I'm a massage um, therapist, bone work practitioner, so I just um, freely looked at her and said, oh, you know, I stood right in front of her because she was welcoming, we're both smiling still. I said, can I just help you real quick? And, and she nodded her head, okay. And so then I just started to, extend a bridge uh, of uh, helping her be more relaxed because being on hand crutches, I can only imagine. And um, I trust my feelings when someone's standing in front of me. I can read through my body due to my profession and gift um, uh, that they're in pain. So anyways, um, I, I proceeded to do so and, and the gift was and giving and receiving as one um, was that that when I looked at her, I said, oh, "How do you feel?" Oh, that was really you know. She kind of nodded her head, smiling, and then um, I said, um, "You are perfect. You are perfecto in this momento, in this very moment." And I said, "You're just perfect." And she looked at me, and she kind of, there was a question mark, like, and then I just had this huge smile, and all of a sudden, she just got it. Her heart understood the, the, the Christ within me connecting with her. And the point being was um, that our, the effects of, for whatever reason, that we're experiencing, whatever that might be a challenge in our life, it is literally perfect for us. It is our deliverance, the circumstances. And we shared in that moment that truth about both of us, sister to sister. And I'm just so grateful for all of you in this course, that I can say, I have done this thing, perceived my circumstances in my life, addiction, uh, not having money sometimes, uh, you know, maybe me perceiving I don't have love in my life, what in all kinds of forms. And now I can say, I've done this thing, Holy Spirit, and it is this I would undo. Here are all my problems, Holy Spirit. And in that moment, we shared that there is no problem. 
<laughs> Anyways, I just wanted to share with you the secret was out of the bag <laughs> and there was no separation. And it just felt so good to share that. Uh, and I didn't know that that was coming. Anyways, with love, I pass. Great share. Mm, thank you, Jennifer. A lovely story. Oh, mm-hmm. thank you, Jennifer. That was lovely. Mm, and thank you. They were all great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Everybody have a in case I don't get back to you later. Thank you. This is Ida. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Have a beautiful day. Yes, thank you, Ida. Enjoy your day. Love you, Ida. I love you, Ida. Love you. Good morning, you guys. This is Jessica. Um, um, This is obviously a wonderful reading. always I mean it's like I think at some place in the in the poem he says that if you could just got one lesson really got it you would get the whole thing and I feel like the same thing is true of each of the readings Um, each one is so um, complete in itself that we could you know be in in the real world and drop all of the nonsense. Um, I had an experience last night, which I'm still kind of processing, and particularly in in light of this reading, I was um, I, I was spending the afternoon driving my granddaughters around and doing other things with them, and I I brought my 11 year old granddaughter. I was bringing her to a an informational session about a charter school that she might go to next year. And we were driving around a um, rotary, and it was dark, and someone slammed into the side of my car. And, and you know, I, had, I haven't had an, uh, an accident in a really long time. I mean, I have to say that I've bumped into people and people have bumped into me uh, numerous times in the past, um, but I haven't for a long time, and I kind of had been thinking that I was <laughs> a little bit immune to to car accidents because I was, you know, more at peace. And uh, I remember once upon a time when I was into Eckhart Tolle, he talked about the dense pain body and how it attracts things like car accidents, and I thought, well. That's one reason I haven't had one because I don't have a dense pain body attracting them. <laughs> so then when this happened last night, I had to kind of think, hmm, I wonder what this means. But part of what I'm, uh, luckily neither one of us was hurt. I pulled over the person who hit us did not. And so it was a hit and run and I called the police and they came and very quickly did, you know, wrote a report. And I think what I'm, what I feel like this, that experience is um, what I'm understanding about it is number one, my granddaughter who was on the side of the car that was hit, basically like boom, right where she was, was really unaffected by it. I mean, 
I asked her afterwards, I said, are you okay? How do you feel? She said, I'm okay. I feel fine. <laughs> and then later on, I asked her again. I said, you know, what was that like for you? And she said, I just thought, oh, somebody hit us. A car. We just got hit by another car. And it was, it was kind of like, I mean, she's, she's just, I'm rediscovering her. I've known her since she was born and been very close with her most of her, like, her whole life. And, but I'm, you know, she's 11 now, so she's um, growing up and just, I'm falling in love with her all over again. And, and she was just, I, I couldn't believe how, how calm she was. And, you know, all she did all night was thank me for things, you know, for taking her to Taco Bell, for taking her to everything. And, um, and so, so I'm thinking about the experience in terms of the revelation, the, the revealing of the non-event of a car accident. And also, as I was listening to this reading, I was thinking, you know, that I I was a little shook up by it, um, and partly because of what the meaning I gave to it. And her reaction made me think, you know, it doesn't really have any meaning. I mean, it's particularly since I didn't have to go to the hospital, I actually was able to continue driving the car. We can't open the door from the outside, but you can open the door from the inside, so... You know, it's it's it it looks terrible. It's going to be really expensive, but it's not meaningful. And and I was kind of thinking of it as the car being sort of a. I felt assaulted uh, to some degree. You know, like how could that person do that to me, kind of thing. And now I'm injured, or you know, not me, but the the car. And um, sort of rarely taking it personally in a way, like that they just drove off and didn't take responsibility or anything. <laughs> um, and and so it's like it's a non-event. And when the body is uh, hurt or injured or in pain, which I recently experienced because my I my lower back got affected by well who knows <laughs> probably by guilt uh, but you know ostensibly by um, carrying around and, and moving around with my baby grandson in ways that were unfamiliar to my body but yeah we know it's not really that but it's all a non-event um, it's all not important and not meaningful because if I am innocent and she is innocent, and they are innocent, and we are innocent, and everyone is guiltless, then none of it has any real meaning. Um, so that's, that's, you know, that's what I'm uh, being reminded of again by this reading, of course. It is so, so beautiful, and I love you guys so much for being here with me to go through it again. I'm complete. Phenomenal, Jessica. Well, oh, you thank the word you. Jessica. Thanks, Jessica.
morning, Mrs. Sandra. Thank you, Jeff. Um, I just, I loved your share, Jessica, because it brought me to um, a way that I can self-regulate. <laughs> I am so grateful for the Holy Spirit because it's the self-regulator for me. Um, you know, when I can be in the present moment, which is how you're, you know, when you were describing your granddaughter, when I can be in the present moment in gratitude, nothing, you know, it's just, it, that's, the, that's the ticket, is to just to be in the present moment in gratitude. Now, I can't always do that, but I have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, so the way to self-regulate is when, I'm, when I take something personally or when I, you know, make fear real I can I can I can turn it over to that comforter called my Holy Spirit and I can go play I I I can't and I can forgive myself for for you know for losing it for forgetting that's been a big part of of my process has been to be able to forgive myself because I keep forgetting the truth but it doesn't matter because I can. Because I, I got this this beautiful gift called the Holy Spirit. And when I forget the truth, I can forgive myself and then I can ask Holy Spirit to show me the truth and let it go because I don't know what the answers are. And I can trust that I'll be guided with inspiration at some point. Um, and it's just, I've never experienced something so simple that can bring me into the present moment in in peace and joy and happiness. And I lose it, but it doesn't matter if I lose it because I can bring it back. I can just, just do the process all over again. Just turn it over and and have and, and that relationship, I have to have faith and trust in that relationship with my Holy Spirit and with my Creator. And faith and trust for me are, you know, they, in the past, they, there was no such thing in my vocabulary or in my experience. But being willing to be in the unknown, to say, I don't really know what's happening here, and to have a trusting relationship with my creator and with creation, understanding that creation is, is simply part of what I created with my creator so that I could learn what I came here to learn. I don't have to be a victim of creation. I can use it to learn what I need to learn here. And it's just, it's a beautiful gift, this book, Course of Love, The Way of Mastery, such beautiful gifts for me to learn how to be in this world, which is not an easy place, in, in the moment, in gratitude. That's the ticket. In the moment, in gratitude. I'm complete. I loved every bit of that. Thank you. 
Oh, thank you, Sandra. Oh, thank you, Sandra. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> oh, it's Jude. I um, read a quote by Gandhi this morning, and it said, um, fearlessness is, is a prerequisite for um, spiritual growth, and we have to be fearless to face the truth. And I'm always reminded of that line in, the, in um, A Few Good Men where Jack Nicholson says, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> And the the truth is that nothing can hurt me, that I am an immortal spirit, purely mind, in a state of grace forever, inalterable, unchangeable, peace, joy, limitless happiness, at one with everything in God's creation. Now, how do I manifest that in in a daily existence being in a painful body? Well, I'll tell you. I'm learning, I'm learning, learning, learning how to embrace everything as a friend, absolutely everything as a friend, and um, that the power of peace that opposes nothing, is, it's got to be my home ground, you know, it's, and it's um, the lesson today, it's, it's really singing to me, I just want to let it sing in me all day, that fear is gone, fear is gone, and only love is here. And, Lori, it reminds me of the stuff we were talking about yesterday. What remains when we get rid of everything else? Only love remains because that's truly all there really is. And um, looking, looking, looking face to face with my fears, you know, fear, um, that movement, physical movement is going to hurt me. And um, embracing that as a friend and with loving tenderness and you know the the fear that all this all this reading about sickness and suffering and death, and I'm looking at it, going, okay, why am I afraid of this? And the course, the course says you're not afraid of it. The ego do it. This is how the ego thinks. This is how the ego keeps us in the dream. That the dream is that I am a body and die and um, the world attests to it it's a uh, propaganda for itself that beautiful line I love so much you know that the body senses the world is a place of danger Jude faces the world every day just getting in and out of my car it hurts sitting up sitting down standing up you know and that I think this is my friend it's speaking to me what is it saying to me what does it want me to do? It wants to remind me of God. Everything here is to remind me of God, of my source, that I'm love. Everything. No matter how it appears, uh, it appears good or bad. And, uh, you know, that whole judgment thing, it's like if we're projecting this, if Jews projecting a body in order to have a spiritual experience that reminds her of and, and restores her to the awareness of the truth of who she is, then am I using my instrument properly, even in pain? You know, that that's, um, you know, the question in the test, text, because I've been thinking about my willingness to practice, and the question in the test, text that asks us, how willing are you not to let the world be the cause of what you do? And when I think of the world, I think of the body-mind world, Judy's body, Judy's thoughts, her mind, her feelings, 
that I'm not a victim of my own projection, that this Judy image, self-image, I can get lost in it, take it seriously, believe, you know, I'm, I'm Guinevere on the stage in Camelot, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I've taken on these roles before. And the whole idea that we're actors on a stage really was coming to me this morning, and um, that we set the stage, we want the lights, you know, we, we, we select the props, and this is how we, we pick and choose our roles and our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions and how we're, the figures in the dream are in their relationship. And, but the Course is, is that what holy relationships are. That's what special relationships are. That we're playing roles in a dream. And if we think we're that, we're really just, not, really not awake at all. But we need that guide, that Holy Spirit, the Christ cunt, awareness of the Christ in me that looks on everything and says, wow, you know, this is a projection of fear. A lot of it is. I mean, a lot of it looks pretty beautiful too, but, you know, we, we have learned to interpret it that way. I love people. I love nature. You know, I love a lot of things. I say I do, but that's not the way the Course describes love. Love is omnipresent. It's everywhere all the time. It's not something that comes or goes or changes. It's the permanent beingness that I am. And the the only way I'm going to know that is to be that. And that is in relationship with this illusion of Judy and the illusion of Judy being in relationships in the world, you know, it's, it's the way the forgiveness and the atonement principle work in my heart and bring me to the reality of who I am, the capital reality of who I am. When I can see it, the Course speaks of it as a projection of guilt, an unconscious fear that I need to punish myself. So much fear is unconscious. And if you honestly really start looking at fearful thoughts and how often you have them during the day, as I've been doing lately, it really, you know, it's, it's one thing to say fear is gone. Yeah, sure, right. But to not know fear is in you and be unconscious of it is what the Course is teaching us. We need to look at the illusion of fear, that fear doesn't exist. It's only in our mind. And if it exists in my mind, I am not awake. I'm really unconscious. So unconscious, asleep, in a dream, you know, all these are spiritual techno terms. And, but for me, it's really about being awake and conscious in the body, being happy, joyous, and peaceful in, in love with the world, myself, and everybody in it, you know, unequivocally. One voice, love calling to love, all of it being love, love calling to love to be itself. Amen. I'm complete. And let fear be gone today. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, that was so lovely. Thank you, Judy. Thanks, Jude. Thank you. Thank you, Jude. Hi, it's Lana again. Very quickly, um, I just I'm just loving the shares today, you know, and they're they're pointing my mind to 
the truth that um, when I when I say Holy Spirit, I'm not talking about anything that's separate from who I am. And um, I, you know, Jesus tells us that Holy Spirit is nothing more than our own right-mindedness. So there are two thought systems. That's all that's happening here. There's a thought system of the ego and our true self, which is represented by um, a word symbol we call Holy Spirit, but it's really pointing to ourselves. You know, a Holy Spirit is nothing more than my own right-mindedness, so there isn't some floating self out here that's, um, that's separate from the truth of who we are. And the other thing I wanted to share is... Um, was in regard to what Jessica was sharing about, about her granddaughter and being 11 and so unaffected by the car accident. And um, I was reading the, uh, the other day, I can't even remember where I was reading it. I read so many books so many different times. But anyway, it was talking about the evolution of consciousness. And that every generation since Jesus walked upon this earth, uh, the collective consciousness has been awakening too. You know, it's our individual or the experience of our individual or in, I should say our individual experience of our oneness in God and our awakening. There's that and then there's also at the same time as we awaken, the collective consciousness of humanity is awakening. So it was saying that people being born into this generation even are so much more, have so much more awareness than even we did when we were born into it. So they're coming into this world uh, much farther along than um, when we were born into it. and. And the generation after theirs will be coming in more advanced than they are until uh, we all awaken together um, as the Son of God, as the one true Son of God. So um, what you shared, Jessica, was really reminded me of that and that your daughter, I mean your granddaughter, um, even though she's a couple generations, only just a couple generations from your generation or my generation, they're they're ahead of the game. You know, they're they're coming into a play coming in in a state of awareness that's um much more prepared to handle this world and the experiences this world shows to them. And they're closer to the awareness of their truth. And we were so anyhow. I just that was very. I found that very interesting. So I thought I would share it. That's all. I'm complete. That is so very encouraging. Notice the same thing, Lana. Thank you. Thank you. So, sort of 
contemplating the word past in the lesson today, and you know that um, it says in in the text that all healing is a simple forgetting of the past. You know, just forget the past; it's gone. It, and you know the difference between the ego's use of time, past, and future is where fear lies. That the fear is. Um, I'm going to lose something I've got or I'm not going to get something I want. I'm afraid and um, sorry, regretful, remorseful for something that's happened in the past or something somebody else has done in the past or something that might happen in the future. It's all a projection into um, illusory other a state of time other than now. And so we're living in our imagination. So the, um, the idea that past is gone, it's gone. I mean, that's a simple fact. But um, is it gone in me? And the um, idea when all fear is gone, that all my ego thinking will be gone because I'll be, simply be in the present. This is where my awareness is. It's, it can't be, I can't be being and being, being peace, being happiness, being joyful. I can't be any other place than here and now. It's impossible. It's just an impossible. <laughs> it's an impossible feat. And I've really discovered that, that to be true. Um, you know, when we're sitting and talking, it's thinking. And this beingness really is, is an awareness that comes from that still, silent place within us. And whether we can um, carry that and be that, <coughs> excuse me, while we're thinking and talking and acting as human beings is is the real question. Thanks, I'm complete. Judy. I'm sure I've loved everything I heard here today. Love Lori and um, speaking of time and uh, and the evolution of consciousness and expansion of awareness. Uh, I was <laughs> I was thinking this morning. Uh, I wonder who wrote the song. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. And what was that guy thinking? <laughs> what was his awareness when in 1852 he first penned those lyrics? Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Um, oh gosh, it was about 10 years ago. I had a pack of really beautiful index cards and I used to write myself uh, things I wanted to keep in my awareness on these index cards. And I still have a lot of them, you know, because they help me organize my thinking. And one of them came from Chapter 5 in the section uh, called Escape from Fear. Now, I said it's Section 5 of Chapter 4, The Escape from Fear. And... On that index card, I mean, it's just, it's so perfectly, I, I can see it now. All the words are very complicated. 
but I can see how it works now, and I'm kind of glad. But anyway, on the index card, on one side I wrote effect, and on the other side I wrote cause. And I followed along in, in Chapter 4, Section 5, and he says, whenever you're not joyous, that's an effect. You have cause thought wrongly about some soul God created and are perceiving ego images. What do I do? Um, I seek a correction. I change my mind to think with God. So what would God have thought that I failed to think and what did I think that God would not have thought? Cause, effect. What's an, an appropriate response? Change your mind. Seek a correction. Forgive and you'll see this differently. Whenever you're sad, effect, cause, you have a sense of being deprived. Correction. Know that you are deprived of nothing except by your own decisions. God, it's, it's a beautiful section, you guys. It's a really beautiful section because it shows me so clearly that when I'm experiencing ego effects, it's because I've let my thoughts run away and I'm experiencing the effects of my runaway thoughts and feelings. But the correction is also in my mind. Where is the Holy Spirit? What is that? Where, where is that? It's all my knowledge saved for me that I might do my will, my guide, my comforter, my teacher, my answer, my corrector, my truth. Change mine to think with God. When I get that formula right, forgive and you'll see this differently, I have different effects. I'm corrected and I'm out of the ego thought system back into the house of truth. Now once I've learned that um, <laughs> once I've learned that you are not the cause of how I feel. The world is not the cause of how I feel. I'm doing this. There, I need to say this because once I see this, there's this thing that happens, this little ego switch says, oh, look what you did. Now you're to blame. That needs also to be correction, corrected in order for me to experience flow. Uh, the joy of living, the joy de vie, you know. Um, the row, row, row your boat, life is but a dream. Merrily, merrily, merrily is, is to be the outcome here. And I can't experience that outcome if I continue to listen to that harsh ego voice. Here's where it's important for me to realize. How I listen in my mind translates to how I talk to myself. And if I talk to, when I really notice this, I mean, I really notice this and catch it, my beloved would never speak to me like that. I catch that blame to myself, you know. I withdraw it from without, but I want to focus it on me and say, I'm at fault. I've got to catch that. Oh my goodness sakes, my friend Jesus would never talk to me like that. 
My Holy Spirit would never talk to me like that. That's the second important part. Otherwise, I'm placing blame on me and I'm still afraid of life. Um, it's a beautiful formula. I, I like chemistry too, so if I wrote it down in symbols, it'd be GPS equals forgive slash miracle equals love equals love. You know, it's, it's just a beautiful, beautiful plan. And finally, uh, when I'm in the merrily, merrily, merrily part, I like to play. And here's a really cool observation that I played with this morning. Lesson 93. 93. Lesson 93 is light and joy and peace abide in me. Here I am. Here you are, he says. This is you. Light and joy and peace abide in you. Here, here you are. This is you. Lesson 193. That was 93. Lesson 193. All things are lessons God would have me learn. Contains the beautiful words forgive and you will see this differently. Forgive and you will see this different. Differently, your mind will be relieved from bondage and you will see rightly. When you keep these words in full awareness and apply them to everything you see or think. 193. Forgive and you'll see this differently. And so the full formula is light, joy, and peace abide in me. Forgive and you'll see this differently. All fear is gone. Only love is here. Isn't that just perfect? And um, I'm so glad that that's the theme I've been hearing this morning uh, from every voice. So anyway, merrily, merrily, merrily. I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Laurie. I love that song. That's really... I mean, you're both too... You know, you remind me of um, the Midsummer Night's Dream, which is one of my favorite Shakespeare's comedies, where everybody falls asleep in the forest and they all—they're all running around in the dream, and they don't. Nobody knows what they're doing. And um, I just want to thank you for reminding me of that. I think I'll reread it today. It's lovely. Uh, and just to laugh. Don't forget to laugh. I, I think that's such an important point from the text today. Never forget to laugh. Don't take the ego seriously. You know that we have egos and that they're not going to go away. It's really obvious. Don't deny the obvious. It's not something we can get rid of. Um, while we're in bodies in the world, we will have egos simply because they're useful in order for us to function. We need them. We need them. So um, the um, worldly experience goes on, but... We don't need to be terrorized by the egoic thinking, which makes... We have to stop scaring ourselves, huh, Lemoyne? Where are you, Lemoyne? I love you. Thank you. I'm complete. (laughs) I'm right here. I did choose to do other things while I listened this morning. And uh, 
Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm just very happy with the, the way the, the focus is on the, the lesson, uh, or you know what, uh, actually the solution offered by the. By the workbook lesson for the day, you know, and that the application of the lesson in the text, uh, which he said, but do this to ourselves, um, <laughs> you know, or as it says, I have. Miracles reflect a simple statement. I have done this thing, and this I would undo. As the answer to all forms of suffering. And I, this may not be the original jest, but it's a good place to start maybe laughing. Is the recognition that salvation is a secret. I have kept but from myself. But to laugh off all the, the seriousness and uh, and the call for fear. Uh, and and to believe my myself in the out of fact. Uh, it's yeah. Yesterday, <laughs> after I read the read the section, there was a, an interesting progression of things. For the first time, I looked at this sex this section. Um, I noticed that uh, this this card that I had gotten. Well, I think the first thing I noticed was that, and and I kind of worked through this thing of like, about, you know, that the world, in at least in this country, that almost everyone has some kind of fear of not having enough money, and and, you know, it can be seen as the driver of those who pile up <laughs> more money than it's possible to spend, really. Uh, almost, and uh, it can also just be seen as as a constant driver on everything that people, almost everything that people do, as this need to try to make sure I have enough money, and and I was I was just looking at it, and it's like, well, what if you had enough money? You know, what if the money just rained down? It that doesn't actually solve the fear. I mean, this is just another thing of the whole. Another example of that uh, that first lesson in the reading. Um, where it says the lesson of the ego, that we're at the effect, and we cannot be the cause of the problem because we've projected their fear out 
into the structures of the world and they just give it back to us. And so, I, you know, I had that realization. Then I started noticing this one card I had um, wasn't working. And so I was working with that. And finally, I got that to a point of like, I don't know what happened. Everybody's pointing the finger somewhere else. Probably going to cost me a fee. <laughs> but if the money that I tried to spend went into some kind of limbo. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll just go on with something else. And then I went to look for my benefits card, <laughs> where most of my money is is uh, represented or accessible. Can't find it. Can't find it anywhere. I mean, I spent a lot of time a lot of time looking, but trying to be still, because I have a feeling it's like within a few feet of me, but I don't know where. And uh, um, But even closer than that is this answer that um, I don't need to, I don't need to fear any of that, even if it's laying out on the street. Right? There's a, this is still at, a, at the level of effect, but, you know, I can see it's just sitting there. The balance is there. There's no real problem here. <laughs> I just don't have access to it. And uh, and that's, that's fine. You know, the world still turns. Everything carries on the way it, it has been. And, and you know, it, it, after a while of trying to listen for where to look and doing some of that and recognizing, oh, I'm just going to have to clean the whole kitchen because it's possible it flew out of my pocket when I was putting on my shirt and it could be anywhere in there. Um, it's like I said, okay, well, how can I move on around it without it? And all that became very plain and it was like, but still, my mind is like trying to generate fear around, it, you know. And the only thing that that needs that fear, only part of me that really needs that fear, is the part that believes its effect at the effect of the world and not cause. And that um, it's separate and alone. And needs I need to do something right now, or the whole world will, you know, again circle around and taunt me, and and I'll suffer loss in in greater ways than just the money. And <laughs> yeah, so you know, it's all caused. I, I don't know about the loss, but of the card, but. The whole, my whole attitude towards life has caused, for a long time, feeling trapped. That whole thing has been caused by that feeling separate and alone and being an effect rather than cause. And it's strange that I can see the I can see the resolution of it. 
and how it really boils down to not what I do, you know, but how willing am I to just have faith that a happy outcome is sure. <laughs> and I sure learned a lot um, <clears throat> about what I would undo. Anyway, I'm complete. Thank you all for your lovely shares this morning. I will end the recording here. But uh, That was excellent, Lemoyne. Thank you. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you. Call will carry on. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for being here.